0: Last week, I talked about being honest and authentic about all parts of yourselves, especially the parts of yourself that you wish weren't there, because pushing that part of yourself out is part of where your self-esteem problems come from. And at the end of last week's episode, I challenged you to accept that part of yourself and be really honest about what it is, even if it's something that you think needs to change. And I told you that if something needs to change, we will still address that. So I want to touch on that today. Because look, the reality is that there are, at times, things about ourselves that we do need to change. That it's not healthy or beneficial for them to stay the way that they currently are. And while it's important to be honest and accepting about those parts, in the meantime, we absolutely can look at changing those parts of ourselves that need to go. This might seem kind of like a duality. If we're accepting it, how do we go about trying to get rid of it? If we're accepting it, does that mean we no longer want to get rid of it? What this really is going to look like is more of a, I accept that it's here. I accept that it's part of me and I accept that it's something that I need to do something about. So my hope is that there are some things about yourself that you reflected on last week and decided that you can love these parts of yourself and accept these parts of yourself and be honest about these parts of yourself. And they do not need to change that. It is okay that you have this quirky side or this oddity or this mannerism or whatever it is. And that's beautiful. I really hope that you accomplish that at least in some areas. What I love about how we're going to do this this week is that this is the exact same tactic that I would recommend in any situation where you want somebody or something to change. You've heard the phrase, you catch more with honey than you do with vinegar, right? Or a please will get you farther than a threat. It is the same thing when trying to change something with yourself. If you're trying to change somebody else's mind and they are stuck on the problem doesn't even exist, or the fact isn't even a real fact, you can't get to the next step of changing their mind or convincing them to change their behavior. The same holds true for you. If you are in denial that there is a problem, if you're unwilling to be honest that this thing is a part of you, then you can't possibly start the process of changing it. That's why last week's step is so important Of being very honest about it and accepting it for what it is. Once we do that, then we can begin the process of changing it. Only then. I've met a lot of individuals who are very frustrated. They'll tell you, they'll tell me, they try so hard to change, they've tried everything to change. They've tried the counseling, they've tried the bad diets, they've tried having goals, they've tried journaling, they've tried setting a new year's resolution, whatever it is, and it never works. And they're very frustrated and they look at this as a reason to give up. The issue is, it's like trying to repair an engine wearing a blindfold having never worked on that kind of an engine before. You can't do it. You don't even know what you're trying to fix yet. You have to look at it. You have to get to know it. You have to be familiar with all the dark, shadowy crevices of it. Only then can you fix it. So as you are hopefully starting to catch on to, the acceptance part isn't about deciding you're going to keep it. It's about finally getting to a place where you can let it go, where you can change it. That information becomes your own personal secret weapon against the thing you're trying to get rid of. Does that make sense? So now that we are being honest with it and looking at it, we can get rid of it. And the way we're going to get rid of it is by being accepting and kind and gentle. All right. This isn't the time or place to call yourself fat or stupid or mean or self-centered or ugly or any of those things that never elicits change. Neither does being unaware of what's actually going on. Quick poll. Has anyone ever convinced you to change your mind on your political party, your religious beliefs, or anything else by calling you names, ignoring what you have to say, dismissing who you are on a fundamental level, or anything else along those lines? No, right? Of course not. That's not how change happens. Change happens through sitting down and having a conversation. Change happens from hearing both sides. Change happens when two people can find the places where they connect and can agree, right? This is how it works. So trust me when I tell you this is also how it works when you want to change something within yourself. What would happen if you let this part of yourself that needs to change... Be heard? What would happen if you accepted that it had a reason for being there, that it had a story and a history and probably even some pain attached with it? What would happen if you were empathetic and understanding to that story? What would happen if you were able to graciously accept that that part of you is that way for a reason and it has served its purpose and you don't hate it and you don't hate yourself but you also appreciate that with gratitude it's time to let that part of you go can you imagine how your defenses would start to go down can you imagine that maybe your grip on that part of yourself could loosen and it could be easier to step away from that way of being Could you imagine that your own psyche would feel safe, and in that sense of safety, could consider doing something different than what it's been doing? Okay, story time. I love to cook. I like to bake. I like to cook. I like to make things from scratch, and I'm good at it. I also... Really don't like having to go to the grocery store. I don't like the crowds. I don't like the noise. I don't like how cold it typically is in there. I don't like the atmosphere and I don't like spending money. So inevitably what would happen is I would put off going to the grocery store. So I had nothing to cook at home. So we ended up having to eat frozen pizzas or get takeout or go out to a restaurant and spend way more money than groceries would have cost. And I didn't feel like a good mom and I didn't feel like a good wife. And eating out and frozen pizzas never settles quite as well as a good home-cooked meal. And I would feel bad. I would feel like I let my family down. I would feel like I failed in my role. I felt like I was losing out on the opportunity to create these beautiful memories for my children of these home-cooked meals. And I would tell myself, get over it. You just have to go to the grocery store. You just have to face it. I would tell myself that I'm just being stupid, it's not going to be that bad, and making it a bigger deal than it is. That never worked. That never got me to go to the grocery store, <laughs> or on the rare occasions that it actually did make me go to the grocery store, I probably ended up with a headache from it, or I was so mentally exhausted from that experience that I was coming home and ordering food anyways because I was, I was done. I was drained from the day I wasn't going to cook. That wasn't fixing anything. I had to look at the truth of why I didn't like going to the grocery store. I had to remember what it was like to grow up as poor as I grew up, and that what shopping looked like for me was often going to the food bank where everything was in white boxes with black lettering and no pictures and no taste, or the amount of times that we would go to the grocery store and we'd fill up shopping carts full of food, and have to leave them at the cash register because we didn't have the money for it, or my dad forgot his checkbook, or whatever it was, it was embarrassing. I had to remind myself of the amount of times that shopping meant, don't look around, don't touch, don't ask for anything. None of those experiences were fun or good. None of them left me with a good taste in my mouth about shopping. I had to own that. I had to accept that. I had to let that be okay. And for a period of time, what that meant is my husband did the shopping or we went together, but it wasn't something I really had to tackle on my own. And that was okay for my first step. But when it came time for me to actually face this and move past it, I had to do it with kindness. You can't bully somebody, including yourself, out of the visceral reaction or automatic response that you have to trauma. It's not going to work. You have to love yourself out of that. You have to be kind and gentle and accepting. For me, what that looked like is I allowed it to be okay that going shopping was going to be draining on me and I wasn't going to want to cook afterwards. So it was okay to buy something from the deli section, a rotisserie chicken or whatever for dinner those nights so that my children still got a decent meal and I didn't have to cook. I had to give myself permission to buy what I wanted to buy without looking at prices and feeling guilty about it. I allowed it to be a fun thing I got to do because I was an adult and it was my money. If I wanted to grab a thing of cookies at the spur of the moment, I was going to do it and I was going to be happy about it, not feel guilty, not punish myself. If I wanted to buy a name brand, I was going to buy a name brand. I had to give myself the power to shop how I wanted to shop. I also needed to be respectful that being in a loud, bright, busy place full of people and people's noise is overwhelming to somebody like me. And that meant it had to be okay that I only went grocery shopping on a Thursday afternoon. I do not go into the store Friday after everyone has a paycheck or Sunday after church hours. I don't touch the, I don't touch the stores during those times. And that wasn't bad or wrong or weak. That's when it was Pleasant for me to be there and that was okay and I had to honor that. And then I had to associate the joy of cooking and preparing food and feeding my family with the shopping trip. I had to associate having fresh fruits and vegetables in my house and yummy foods that I could make however I wanted at my disposal were there because of the shopping trip and I could be grateful for the shopping trip. Only after going through this process of being honest with myself about what was going on, honest about why it was the way it was, and authentic about who I am and what my past is, only then could I do something about shopping so I could get to a point where I could shop regularly, get what I want, and enjoy it. Do large shopping centers still drain me? Yes, absolutely. Is my past still my past in regards to shopping? Yeah, none of that changed. But what changed is because I loved myself and I embraced my story and I was true to myself and I was gentle with myself, it became okay to not have my guard up and be defensive and anxious about shopping. And when I go at the right time of the day and the right time of the week, it can actually be a pleasant experience for me now. This is what I want you to do with yourself. This is the process I want you to go through. Now, obviously, your issue will most likely be something different than shopping, but the steps remain the same. Look at why this part of yourself is the way that it is. Own it. Be honest about it. Allow it to be what it is. Look at it. Love it. Discover what you need to do to make the new way of being safe and pleasant, and worthwhile. Create the environment that you need to make the change effectively. Put the pieces in place that make it possible for you to start taking steps in the right direction. And let it be okay that you're on the step that you're on. You don't have to get from where you are to where you want to be overnight. The trauma And the experiences that created this part of yourself in the first place didn't happen instantaneously. So it will take time to adjust to a new way of being. Let that be okay. If this feels confusing or like something that it would be hard to do on your own, I am absolutely here to help you through this. I will walk you through this one-on-one all the way through so you feel really comfortable as you make these changes, my goal for you this week is to start this process. Remember where you need to be coming from for this to be effective. The same way that we would approach anybody else when we wanted change from them. Treat yourself the same way. Love, respect, patience, understanding, create a safe space for that change to begin to take place. If you have questions about what those steps should look like in your particular case, send me a message through the Facebook group, or you can email me. My email address is always in the show notes. That's the block of notes. If you scroll down on the podcast, there's a little blurb right there. You can get my information from there. I would be happy to give you some pointers. Good luck this week. Go at this from the right frame of mind, and you are sure to have success. So I'm really excited for you guys to do this one this week. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this with me. Have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next time. Bye.